Part three, chapter two of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Doyle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter two. Prince Andrei was compelled by his obligations as trustee of the Ryzen property to call upon the district Predvoditiel, or Marshal of the Nobility. The Predvoditiel was Count Ilya Andreich Rostov. About the middle of May, Prince Andrei went to see him. By this time the weather had become very warm. The woods were now in full leaf. The dust was intolerable, and it was so hot that, as he drove by water, he had a powerful desire to take a bath. Prince Andrei, in anything but a happy frame of mind, and absorbed in thinking of the business which he had to transact with the Predvodidiel, drove into the tree-shaded avenue that led up to the mansion of the Rostovs, at Otradnoye. At his right he heard behind the trees the gay sounds of women's voices, and saw a bevy of young girls running down as if to cut off his calash. In front of the others, and therefore nearest to him, ran a very slender, indeed a strangely slender, maiden, with dark hair and dark eyes, in a yellow chintz dress, with a white handkerchief around her head, the locks escaping from it in ringlets. The maiden shouted something as she approached the calash. Then, seeing that it was a stranger, she ran back again with a merry laugh, and not looking at him. Something akin to pain affected Prince Andrei at this incident. The day was so beautiful, the sun so bright, everything all around was so beautiful, but the slender, pretty young girl knew not, and had no wish to know aught of him, and was content and happy in her separate, most likely stupid, but still gay and careless existence. What was there for her to be merry about? What were her thoughts? Certainly not about the military code, or about rise and quit rents. What, then, was she thinking about? And why was she happy? Such questions involuntarily arose in Prince Andrei's mind. Count Ilya Andreyevich was spending the summer of 1809 at Otranoye in the same way he had always done, that is, entertaining almost the whole government with hunting parties, theatricals, dinners, and music. He welcomed Prince Andrei most hospitably, as he did every new guest, and almost by main force compelled him to stay for the night. During the course of the wearisome day, monopolized by his elderly hosts and the most distinguished of the guests, who happened to be present in large numbers on account of the old count's approaching fete days, Volkonsky many times was attracted to Natasha, who was among the merriest and most entertaining of the younger portion of the household, and kept asking himself, what can she be thinking about? Why is she so gay? At last, finding himself alone that night, in a new place, it was long before he could go to sleep. He read for a time, then put out his candle, then lighted it again. It was hot in the room, with the shutters closed from within. He was annoyed at that stupid old man, as he called Rostov, for having detained him by the excuse that the necessary papers had not yet come from the city, and he was vexed with himself for having stayed. Prince Andrei got up and went to the window to open it. As soon as he threw back the shutters, the moonlight, as though it had been on the watch at the window and long waiting the opportunity, came pouring into the room. He opened the window. The night was cool and calmly beautiful. In front of the window was a row of clipped trees, dark on one side and silver-bright on the other. At the foot of the trees was some sort of succulent, rank vegetation, the leaves and stalks covered with silvery dew. Farther along, beyond the trees, was a roof glittering with dew. 
farther to the right a tall tree with wide-spreading branches showed a brilliant white bowl and limbs and directly above it the moon almost at her full shone in the bright almost starless spring night prince andrei leaned his elbows on the window-sill and fixed his eyes on that sky prince andrei's room was on the second floor the rooms overhead were also occupied and by people who were not asleep he overheard women's voices above him only just once more said a voice which prince andrei instantly recognized but when are you going to sleep replied a second voice i will not cannot sleep how can i help it come this is the last time the two female voices broke out into a snatch of song forming the final phrase of a duet ach how charming now then let's go to sleep that's the end of it you go to sleep but i can't replied the first voice approaching the window she evidently thrust her head quite out of the window because the rustling of her dress was heard and even her breathing all was calm and stone still the moon and her light and the shadows prince andrei feared to stir lest he should betray his involuntary presence sonya sonya again spoke the first voice now how can you go to sleep just see how lovely it is ugh how lovely come wake up sonya she said again with tears in her voice come now such a lovely lovely night was never seen sonya made some answer expressive of her disapproval no but do look what a moon oh how lovely do come here sweetheart darling come here there now do you see if you would only squat down this way and rest yourself on your knees a little closer we must squeeze together more there if one tried one might fly away yes that's the way look out you'll fall a little scuffle was heard and then sonya's discontented voice saying see it's two o'clock ugh you only spoil it all for me now go away go away again all became still but prince andrei knew that she was still there he could hear from time to time a little rustling from time to time her sighs ugh dear me dear me it is too bad to bed then if i must and the window was closed and my existence is nothing to her thought prince andrei while he was listening to their talk somehow or other hoping and fearing that she would say something about him it's the same old story and done on purpose he thought and suddenly there arose in his soul such an unexpected throng of youthful thoughts and hopes opposed to the whole current of his life that he felt himself too weak to analyze his condition and so he went to sleep immediately End of chapter two